Look at my butt. Show number 178 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Hello, listeners. <laughs> Back for another edition of Look at His Butt, the action-packed Star Trek-focused podcast. Yes, and you, we are your favorite. <laughs> know why I said That's, that. <laughs> well, I think it's absolutely true. Why would they be listening to this if we weren't their favorite? I mean, honestly. That's true. That's true. Okay. Um, so top of the list is that San Diego Comic-Con is happening this very weekend, even as we speak. And um, Bill was there. I still haven't figured out why Bill was there. I, I kept looking online. He was on a panel, and I think it was about something he did mm -hmm. on TV land. But I don't know. I don't know why he was there. Do you oh, know why he was okay. there? No, no, but I, I know there was a thing about TV Land brings together William Shatner and Roseanne Barr, and I forget who the other person was. So maybe there's going to be some very strange special. I don't know. I don't know either. So I found two interesting tidbits about him. Um, first of all, he was wearing a horrible shirt. Uh, which I, I think <laughs> this is not an interesting tidbit. I think we've seen this shirt before. Actually, it's just oh, it's good, hideous and not flattering to him at all. And yet he wore it. He did a lot of press. So in addition to the panel, I, I in scanning through the the Google results, I just found loads of little interviews with various people. But there were two mm -hmm. things that stood out for me. So the first was um, a little account that somebody had written uh, when he was doing press. And she was mm -hmm. overhearing him talking. Um, so she says, Shatner gets painted as a bit of a buffoon, but he was extremely quick-witted with all of his responses. When asked what role he would take in the new Star Wars movie, he said, the lead, without missing a beat. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just love. I think that's really, really funny. Um, and the, Yeah, well. Well, he would. Like, what, what other role would yes. he take? Um, then I found another longish interview with him. It's like 20 minutes, and I didn't listen to the whole thing, um, but it was lots of different questions about his involvement in, um, like, Greenpeace, uh, whales, horses. He talked about Star Trek. But the best part was somebody was just asking him, you know, what's your day like, and, and what do you do during the day? That's when he was talking about the horses. And then they said, well, you know, what's your favorite nighttime activity? And he immediately responded, making love to my wife. <laughs> just like so casually putting it out there and everybody just yeah. cracked up and then well duh yeah. and then uh they were asking him how he met her and um why he married her and he's just he's so sweet when he talks about her he really you is know, you can just tell how much he loves her but i just thought that that was great you know trust bill to get that into any interview anywhere anytime mm -hmm. yes so, so that's what he's doing at Comic-Con. I don't know if he's there now. I think he did that on uh, maybe Friday. Uh, so don't know if he's still there. I don't know. Now, um, on the, the subject of Comic-Con and Bill at Cons, he has been tweeting about what would be the ultimate fan experience yes, to have. Yes, I saw that. Okay, so I sent in my request, mm. which he did not respond to. But, um, you know, you want... I wanted my request to be taken seriously. So I figure asking him to have sex with us was too much. So I just, I just asked him to have sex with me. <laughs> no, <laughs> I just threw that in. Here was my thing. I, I thought of the, the reasonable requests, these were my two favorite things he could do. Mm -hmm. One would be agree to be interviewed for our podcast. <gasps> of course. And number two would be attend our room party. Oh, that would be pretty sweet. That would be great. Yeah, now it looks like it's coming down to either doing a contest or an auction or something for a fan breakfast mm -hmm. with Bill and, you know, like five or six other people, you know, which is great. But that is not the ultimate fan experience Definitely as far not. as I'm no, concerned. No, I mean, the ultimate fan experience is one-on-one -on -one time with Bill. That's, that's yeah. what you want, you know. It's not sharing him with other people. Because if we, it was a breakfast, you know, uh, you'd have to listen to other people talk and vie for his attention. Yeah. And who wants that? Nobody wants that. Not me. No. I, don't, I don't care about no. them. 
<laughs> I care about Bill and me and exactly. you. Exactly. And so it could be two on one attention. That's, that's okay. That's fine. I'm totally down with yes. that. Yes. Well, I love that. Okay. I think that's a great suggestion. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, so who knows? Maybe he'll show up at our room party. <laughs> <laughs> and I got my plane ticket. I am all set. Yay. I'm so happy. Well, um, visitors to our blog will see soon. I'm going to put up a banner at the top for Creation Con, which will stay up there until okay. Creation Con so that the Creation Con folks know that we're serious about going and that will get us our press yes. passes. Um, I hope so. That is just so cool to yeah, have that. Yeah, it's great. So we are ready. We're going to go. It's going to be fun. We're going to have our room party. And I saw that the Star Trek wine is on sale now. Um, I'm trying to find out <gasps> if it can be purchased anywhere but through that website. Because mm-hmm. I really don't feel like paying for shipping and handling on that. So we'll right. see. Maybe they'll have it at BevMo or something. I don't know. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a <laughs> Where I buy all my booze. <laughs> Oh, okay. You sent just a shitload of links. So, um, yes, well, and and, um, we're going to get, you know, to some of those. But the one I want to talk about now is um, the time travel one. Oh, okay. Yes. Now, if you and our listeners will remember, a few weeks ago, we talked about the discovery that um, sex in space could be lethal. Mm -hmm. Not for the participants, but for their offspring. Correct. Well, now they're coming about coming up with the same sort of thing on time travel. Because time travel is a serious concern, obviously, because it's going to happen. I guess so. Um, it, it's interesting how the article starts out. It's a wonderful concept, the fact that one day you might be able to travel back in time and buy a drink for a now-aging celebrity crush of yours. Uh. <laughs> but... But you may want to avoid rolling around in the sheets with them if one drink happens to lead to another. Now, this research was conducted by the Center for Functional and Evolutionary Ecology in Montpelier, France. Um, now, listen to how the, ex- the experiments are carried okay. out because this is too weird. The experiments are being carried out with brine shrimp, <laughs> which, according to popular science, make an ideal subject for a time-traveling experiment due to the fact that their eggs can survive decades of drought through a form of dormancy called cryptobiosis. Once water is introduced to a preserved egg, it hatches, producing a creature that was conceived perhaps 10 or 15 years prior. As if that's not cool enough, the team in France has begun to mate these time travelers from different generations with others from a variety of time periods, about 160 generations in total. What they found is that sex between shrimp from different generations resulted in a lower life expectancy for the female. Okay. (laughs) So if you go back in time, you, a woman, and have sex with somebody... You're not going to live as long. Uh, that would totally be worth it if it was sex with William Shatner in 1967. <laughs> that's, that's just what I was thinking. So I'm not really concerned about that. Um, um, and it says, uh, of course, uh, further research over long time shift is needed to determine in what form this adaptation is occurring. And in turn, what makes the seed of the time traveling shrimp so lethal? I wouldn't call them time-traveling shrimp. And by the way, brine shrimp, <laughs> brine shrimp are sea monkeys, right? Like everybody knows that. <laughs> they are. You could train them. Maybe yeah. you could train them to not be lethal sex partners. Oh, God. That's so weird. <laughs> so time-traveling sea monkeys aren't, do not make good sex partners. <laughs> now this sounds like a plot for something that um, the Tamunky Lover group would have written <laughs> Time Traveling Sea Monkeys. Really does. Okay, so I don't think we're going to worry about that too much. Mm-mm. Definitely not. And if it ever was true, like I because said... Because it would mean Zarabeth dropped dead like the minute Spock left. That's true. But hey, if it meant sex with William Shatner in 1967, I would take two years off my life or whatever. That's fine. Yeah. That's... And it'd be the years at the end, you know, when life is crap. Yeah. It's not like you're losing two in the middle when, you know, you're healthy exactly. and, and good. Okay, speaking of plots. Yes, plots. Okay, remember there was a, a movie out recently that was just like uh, Return of the Archons? Yes. Okay, now they're advertising for a movie that is uh, 
cloud minders. <laughs> People who live in the sky. People who live in the sky because it's lethal down on the planet and there's going to be a class warfare. And it's got Matt Damon. And it's called... People who live in the sky? No, it's called something like a lithium or, you know, it's, it's you know the city in the sky or whatever mm-hmm. it is has some fancy, fancy name. So um, I can only assume that we are going to see some dolled up version of Spock's brain at some point. Oh. So now they're, what, they're just taking like third season episodes and they're making them into movies because <laughs> they've run out. Of, well, we all already know that there are no original plots in Hollywood anymore. So rather than, you know, just remaking TV series and calling them the TV series that they're remaking, mm-hmm. they're just taking third season episodes of Star Trek and making them as new movies. Right. Well. Right. That's exactly it. Okay. Another thing about plots. Yes. This I find fascinating. Um, what is his name? Tenuto. John and, and Maria Tenuto. Mm-hmm. The, the married couple of, uh, you know, Star Trek experts are posting a series of articles based on the research they've been doing and presenting on uh, Space Seed and Wrath of Khan. Ooh. And so the first one is out. And uh, it's, it's, there is some really interesting stuff in here. He's talking in this first article. Um, He's talking about the script as it originally was, and I want to share some of that with you because there's some some really freaky stuff in here. Cool. Okay. The story of Khan Noonien Singh begins before Star Trek ever premiered. Khan was actually born Harold Erickson in an 18-page outline dated August 29, 1966, by journalist-turned-television writer Carrie Wilbur. Titled Space Seed, this imaginative outline was submitted to producers Roddenberry, Kuhn, and Justman for consideration as a possible episode a week before the man trap ever started the Star Trek legacy. Wow. The outline began with an interesting question. What would happen if a man of our age could be transported 500 years into the future? Well, any women he had sex with would die <laughs> like sea monkeys, but that's not where they're going. Um, according to the outline, by the 1990s, humanity would be dealing with serious war and population problems and had resorted to the creation of space argosies that would transport criminals off-planet to create more room for others. This is a world where penalties are no weapon against despair, whatever that means. Um, the futuristic solution was rooted in the historical tradition of 18th century England. One such space arc was the Botany Bay. She left Earth in 2096. Hmm. And uh, on board were 100 transported criminals, male and female alike, a volunteer crew of six. Once the Botany Bay passed out of the solar system, the crew would join the passengers in hibernation, which would last 1,500 years. Among the prisoners is a man named Harold Erickson, a criminal with a magnificent body. So something goes wrong, and they meet the Enterprise, and blah, 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 blah. Um, Okay, here we go. Mm -hmm. Uh, Reading the outline is like reading an alternative version of Space Seed, as some of the themes and characters are the same, and yet so much is different. For example, the episode would have have a different kind of Spock. It must be remembered that nobody had yet seen Spock in action, and Wilbur had only the writer's Bible with character descriptions. So, um... Captain Kirk is playing chess with Spock, and McCoy watches. We learn that Spock defeated Captain Kirk by cheating. (gasps) He tied the computer to his place, which is discovered by McCoy. Spock is mildly embarrassed. Of course, the Spock we know now would neither cheat nor need to, and Gene Kuhn, who is much more familiar with how Spock was developing than Wilbur would have been in that same September 2nd memo, tells him the chess scene has to go. Later, when the character of Erickson is beginning to be suspected of being more than he lets on, Spock suggests the, u- the use of some of his peculiar, peculiar methods of the mind to get him to talk. Kirk reminds him that that is illegal. Hmm. While this same seems out of character, Spock will do almost exactly the same thing in Undiscovered Country. I was just thinking that, mm-hmm. yes. Yes, most amazing is that Spock has what amounts to the force. (laughs) In the outline, when everyone else suspects that Kirk has died while being keel-hauled, 
more on that in the next article. Spock feels Kirk is alive to an almost spiritual and psychic connection. Uh, well, there's the fanfic for you right there. <laughs> Yeah. How do you space keelhaul somebody? They strapped him to the outside of the ship. Yeah, but he'd die immediately. I mean, the idea of keelhauling a, a guy in the water is there is a remote possibility he might survive. Oh, that's really weird. Well, that's very interesting. That is really yeah. very interesting. Um, I would, can you read this outline somewhere? Uh, let me see. Because that would be cool if it was posted online. Let's see. I'm looking at the article now, and these um, screenshots from the episode are beautiful. Yes, they are. Um, it doesn't look like there's a link to it, but uh, perhaps there will be later. Okay, maybe. A- anyway, that's something I really want to keep up yeah, on. Yeah, that sounds really, really cool. Um, mm-hmm. And speaking of things like that, I wanted to share something that I just found recently. Um, for once, something actually popped up on Facebook that um, was relevant to me. Okay. You know, and, and like on Amazon, they're always making these recommendations. If you like this book, you might like this. And they're never things that you want to look at. <laughs> You're going, why, why? why did you yeah. make that connection? If, that doesn't. If you like this book about baking, you may like this power mower. You know, it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. <what? laughs> so anyway, um, there's a new book coming out, a new Star Trek book. And it's called These Are the Voyages, TOS Season 1. And it's coming out in um, October, I believe. So here's the description. Mm -hmm. This is the book that Gene Roddenberry and Robert H. Justman wanted you to read. Um, Rod Roddenberry, these are some quotes, blah, blah, blah. So the author, Mark Cushman, was given access to all the Star Trek production documents from the three years the series ran, which are currently housed in the UCLA archives. These documents are private and viewing is restricted and supervised. This work is derived from eight months spent researching the details of the production. It reveals for the first time the truth behind all the politics and behind-the-scene machinations of the productions. Um, This book contains hundreds of previously unpublished insights and recollections from actors, directors, producers, production crew, capturing what went on from every perspective, including memos dictated by Roddenberry while reading drafts to the series scripts. The book offers a unique look behind the scenes in the form of original staff memos, contract schedules, budgets, network correspondence, and censor reports from NBC. Go behind the closed doors of NBC, Desilu Paramount, the producer's offices, the writer's room, the sound stages and shooting locations, and learn the actual facts behind all the blood, sweat, tears, politics, and spellbinding creativity that brought Star Trek into being. Wow, that should be very interesting. It sounds fantastic. It's 600 pages long. (laughs) Oh, I thought you said $600. (laughs) But still, 600 pages is is like a pretty big book. um, And there's no price listed on it. I don't know how much it's going to cost. It it weighs 3.2 pounds, just so you would know Wow. So, yeah, it's coming out sometime later in um, 2013. And I definitely want to get it because this sounds like it's going to have loads of gossip in it. So, yes, I want it. Yes, and we'll get to see the memo about tell Bill Shatner to keep his mouth closed during kisses. And and tell him to put some underwear on. <laughs> no, or to, I don't think they ever told him that. <laughs> or maybe it'll say... I figured nobody would notice. It'll say, tell Bill Shatner not to wear so much underwear because every time he doesn't wear underwear, our ratings go way up. <laughs> Well, you know, I don't know if I told you this. I was recently given the three-volume set of the James Blish novelizations of the episodes. Oh, cool. And um, I haven't gotten to it yet, but one of my, my plans is to go through and read selected episodes mm-hmm. to read the novelization and review it. And this is what I'm thinking. I'm going to do um, our favorite episodes. Oh, good. Which I believe are uh, Mirror, Mirror. Uh-huh. Dagger of the Mind, yep. and We're No oh, Good. Yay! So, so uh, that's that's my big plan. That sounds fantastic. And, and we'll see if he introduces anything different that's, you know, or anything that is different from the series. That sounds really, really good. Okay, yay. I'm, I'm up for that. Yay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, what next from your giant list? Tell me what you think. Well, let's see. 
Um, oh, now this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Four things Star Trek can teach us about writing. Mm. And this appeared on the write, uh, it's, uh, Writer's Digest. It's on their website. And it says, uh, this is a guest post by Thomas Smith. And he says, over the years, I've looked at what my dogs have taught me about writing, what Batman could do, blah, 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 blah. And so um, here are lessons you can learn from Star Trek for writing. Lesson one. Yes. Oh, can I just say, I love the picture that they chose. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) of course, it's a picture of Bill. But it's the, See, they should have had a picture of him where he's holding a pen in his hand really? or, or at least looking at a book or something, you know. Well, I just love this but, picture because it's it's early um, first season and he's giving mm-hmm. such a bedroomized look to the camera and he's got a little tiny smile and he's just, he's looking very sexy right there. Oh, well, when does he not? <laughs> but yes. Okay. Uh, lesson one, red-shirted crew members seldom have a long <laughs> life. What does this have to do with writing? You need to identify the literary equivalent of those red shirts. <laughs> Take the ever-popular adverbs and adjectives. Um, attributions like she expounded, he regurgitated, should be left on the surface of the alien planet in a smoking heap. <laughs> it's okay for characters to just say things. Mm-hmm. Another red shirt that deserves what's coming to him is what the Marshall Plan for Novelist refers to as Morse code, the overuse of dots and dashes. Mm-hmm. Um, as Stephen King said in his essay, Everything You Need to Know About Writing in Ten Minutes, when it comes to people, mercy killing is against the law. When it comes to fiction, it is the law. Mm-hmm. No, nope, okay. I totally agree with that. And... Um, that stuff about um, the dots and dashes and things, that for mm-hmm. me, that's part of what I call Baroque punctuation. And some people are just in love with it. They just have to use every kind of punctuation in their writing that they possibly can. <laughs> so there are dashes and there are dots and there are parentheses and, and just like they can't get enough of it. They have to throw it in I there. Know. Oh, it drives me Well, nuts. and to me, it's a real amateur thing. And my early stuff is full of it. So, you know. We go through these phases, we grow up. That's right. Lesson two, boldly go where no one has gone before. Go find your own voice. Mm -hmm. Um, There are things only certain writers can write, and there are things only you can write. And the only way to develop your own voice is to do the work. Absolutely. Okay. This one I like. This is a good lesson for life, (laughs) not just writing. Lesson three, always overestimate how long a job will take, and then look like a hero when you come in (laughs) under deadline. Every engineer on every ship or space station in the Star Trek universe that says, Captain, it will take at least nine hours to fix the cosmic flapdoodle widget. (laughs) And every captain has said, we don't have nine hours. You have an hour and 11 minutes before we are turned into chicken nuggets. (laughs) And every engineer fixed the left-handed sonic whatchamacallit valve in the nick of time and looked like a hero. They hit the deadline, and that is the optimal strategy for every writer who has ever wrangled a word. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Okay. And lesson four. (laughs) This this is the very Kirkish one. Sometimes the best strategy is to rush headlong into the problem. Once in a while, a project turns out to be about as exciting as watching beige carpet rot. Or an assignment is more work than you realize. Sometimes you're up against a deadline and are just tired. This is no time for procrastination. This is time for rolling up your sleeves, putting some high-octane coffee in the pot, and powering through. Like Captain Kirk picked pretty much any episode. When the grits are hitting the fan, sometimes you just have to grit your teeth and run headlong into the giant 900 mutant space cows from the planet Bovinicus and let the chips fall where they may. After all, you helped create the monster. <laughs> That's really cool. So, I like that. I like that very much, I, and I agree with all of it. And there's Kirk looking at you going, all right, get it done. That's right. Go go defeat the, the nine-headed cow monster. Because that's what Kirk would do. <laughs> that's right. Risk is our business. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, let me see if I want to do something else before the next segment. Can we talk about Trekkie dating? Oh, sure, sure. Go ahead and call that link up while I'm looking for some other stuff and, and tell us about well, it. Well, I don't know a whole heck of a lot about it. It just looks like... 
um, there's an, a website and it's called Trekkie Dating and there's a picture of um, a woman in a starfly well she's a Vulcan I guess okay it's a woman dressed as a Vulcan <laughs> she's not actually a Vulcan <laughs> and <laughs> sorry I'm just Darn. being silly yeah and she's wearing um, a new uh, movie uniform and she's taking a picture of herself a nice little selfie to post there and mm-hmm. it says set phasers to flirt Welcome to a dating community that is light years ahead of the others. Find like-minded friends, romance, and convention dates with other Trekkies today. Sign up for free and explore thousands of profiles, browse images, send flirts, and connect. And it looks like it's been featured in a bunch of places. Um, It's very careful to say underneath, this website and services are not endorsed, sponsored, or affiliated with CBS or the Star franchise. Star Trek properties are owned by CBS Studios. So um, they're kind of disavowing any of their uh, influence with this. So what I was looking at this and just thinking, this is one of several Trekkie dating websites that we've come across, I think, in the time that we've been doing this show. Yeah, yeah. Um, It seems like everybody just keeps doing it. So I I just, I didn't go beyond this because I wasn't going to fill out a profile just to find out what it was about. But well, that was my feeling. Yeah, yeah. I, I just didn't. And the the thing is, although I I proudly self-identify as a Trekkie, um, that's not the only thing I identify mm-hmm. as, and I'm not even sure it's the major thing I identify mm-hmm. as. So if I was going to go to online dating and use that, I would use one of the more general sites. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Because this, I think, is for people who, that is their, their, their number one thing. You know, it's like must-love dogs, must-love Star Trek. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a deal breaker if you're not a Star Trek fan. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so um, I don't think either of us will be checking that out. I don't think so. So good for the people who use it. That's very nice. And, um, yes. yeah, set phasers to flirt. Yes. Um, one more thing, one bit of news is that um, that captain's close-up, uh, the the thing mm-hmm. they did, you know, re-editing stuff from the captains, is um, coming out this August. You can buy it on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that maybe as a member of Amazon Prime, I'll be able to stream it for free because I haven't yet seen that. Mm-hmm. That'd be good. But so that that is going to be happening. Um, can I just talk about the packaging for a second? Uh, sure. So it says, it, this is the front of the DVD, I'm assuming. Um, it says, mm-hmm. the captain's close up with William Shatner. And then there's a picture of Bill looking really unhappy, kind of. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think he's supposed to be serious, but he just looks tired and, you know, maybe a little hungry or something. <laughs> looking at the camera and then he's got a headache maybe he has a headache that's what it is and then sort of around him and behind him are those streaks of light that are supposed to um, signify like transporter stuff yeah and then there's a picture of chris pine on there next to him mm-hmm. photoshopped obviously they're not really sitting next to each other and i was just thinking really out of all the people that they had to put up there why didn't they put patrick stewart next to him because no, if they you know they've got them all in mini pictures down there. Why not just have Bill in that top oh, one? Oh God, Chris Pine. You know, in fact, Chris Pine could be in an even smaller picture than everybody else, or not even be in it at I all. I know, especially because Bill doesn't like talk to him as nearly as much as he talked to all the other people. You know, when we saw the original Captain's movie, yeah. he talked to Patrick Stewart for like half an hour in the course of the movie, and he talked to Chris Pine for five mm-hmm. minutes because yeah, well, Chris Pine's an idiot. Well, and, exactly. You know. Yeah. So I, I I know that they did it because of the movie and they're trying to get people to buy it, but mm-hmm. I just I think it was a bad idea. Bad idea. I, I agree. I agree. Well, why don't we take a break? Okay. And then we're going to um, go on to one of our, our – a new segment for us. Ooh, a new segment. That you will all enjoy. Yeah, I love new segments. All right. So everybody okay. go get yourself um, a beer or a cup of tea or something like that, and we'll be right back. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission – to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. We 
love our listeners and we want to hear from you. Send email to lookathisbutt at gmail.com and comment at the blog at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. This podcast produced on a MacBook Pro with GarageBand. Okay, this segment bears a little similarity to the Etsy segment, but it also goes where Etsy has not gone. And we're calling this segment, What the Fuck? Because in researching things for the show this week, I found so many things that made me go, what the fuck is this? What does this have to do with Star Trek? Why would somebody do this? So we're going to be exploring the what the fuck of Star Trek. And the first one came to us from our good friend Maynard down under. Mm-hmm. And he uh, he was go- cleaning out some stuff. And first he sent us a picture of a bunch of Star Trek books he found. And he said, is this anything? And one of them was Star Trek Lives. So I told him, yeah, Star Trek Lives is a very, very cool book. Yeah. Um, then he- I, I saw him post that on, uh, I think he posted it on Twitter, as a matter of fact. And one of the books... Um, that he posted had a cover that I'd never seen before, which looked really interesting. And I wondered if it was um, like a special cover that they did for outside of the United States or maybe for Australia or something. So, yep, that was cool. Quite possible. But then he also sent us a second thing. It says, look what I also found. But where is Bill? Probably off having sex somewhere else. (laughs) So I looked at it and I went, it says Star Trek battery operated space complex and i wrote to maynard this is the untrekkiest piece of trek crap i've ever seen because there's all kinds of you know busy little things there but they've just slapped the star trek name on right and it doesn't even look like it's a licensed thing it looks like they just did it and hoped (laughs) that they wouldn't get caught um no it's like if you took a a box of frozen waffles (laughs) and wrote star trek on them that doesn't make them Star Trek waffles. True. And I love that down in the right-hand corner, I believe it says, as seen on TV. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, what is the battery-operated part? Like, what does the battery do? I don't know. Maybe these little things move. Or maybe they just light up. It's really I weird. I don't know. It is. It is It is crappy Trek crap. It is. I will post so, that image um, on the blog so people can see it for sure. Okay. Now, I set up all of these images as links, so... In the blog, we can put all the links. Mm-hmm. You know, you can choose whatever you want for the um, the uh, the actual show. Mm-hmm. But okay, L- okay. This next thing is the Skeletrex. <laughs> God. It says SDCC, San Diego Comic Con, Star Trek Skeletrex announced, and these. It, these Skeletrex are inspired by original Mexican culture. Mm-hmm. Captain Kirk, Klingons, and Borg are included in the first set. So apparently there are more planned, but it, they're like Mexican Day of the Dead mm-hmm. figures. Yeah. And it's, they're horrible. They are pretty horrible. Um, I, I The heads are horrifying enough, and now I'm looking at the full figure of Captain Kirk, and it's really uh-huh. weird. <laughs> God. Yes. Wow. It's <laughs> okay. You're gonna hate me. <laughs> but again, this looks like my actor friend Tommy Beardmore <laughs> if he were dressed up for Day of the Dead. <laughs> oh God, it's so weird. Well, at least they kept the pointy sideburns. That was good. <laughs> Oh, hooray. Yeah. Wow. It's very, very strange. I have to say, though, the, the Klingon one at the bottom actually looks like um, uh, the, the guy from, uh, Aaron, not, yeah, is it Errand of Mercy, the one with the Organians? Is that Ken? Uh, yeah, and it is an original series Klingon. Yeah, yeah. So he's got the um, Just Like Kiss outfit going on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that made me go, what the fuck? Wow. Why? why? Yeah, okay. More of, of the, to me, of the, the same sort of thing, which is a Mimobot. What's that? They are also uh, debuting at Comic-Con. 
it's a USB flash drive, and it says it's a new MimoBot Star Trek-themed designer USB flash drive. I want you to look at that and tell me what it, what is Star Trek about this? Hmm. Well, if I had to guess, because I do have to guess, because nothing occurs to me as I look at it, it looks like maybe it's supposed to be a Klingon from the new Star Trek movie. Okay. Is that maybe? Because they were wearing helmets, right? Yeah. Um, let's see. As one of the few alien races to show up in every series, it was only a matter of time before the Klingons had a Mimobot of their very own. Klingon Captain Mimobot. I have never, ever in my life run across Mimobops. But in addition to the Klingon Captain, they are going to have Chewbacca. Oh, great. Blake from Workaholics, whatever that is. Mysterian from South Park. Cartman from South Park. Dead Kenny from South Park. My Little Pony. <laughs> Ice King. Oh. Bruce Lee. Galaxer 2. Pinkie Pie, which is a, something in My Little Pony world. And Marceline. Mm -hmm. So, wow, that, it's, it's weird. It, 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 again, I don't know, the, the, the Klingons in the new movie were in it so brief a time that to, to put this out and, have, and think people are going to go, hey, Klingons from the new movie, yeah. got to have them. Exactly, and um, he's got blue eyes, and I didn't think, Klingons had blue eyes, and I can't remember if the one in the movie had blue eyes, but it looks a little incongruous. It's yeah. strange. When he's got his helmet on, he looks kind of South Parkish. Yeah, he does. You know, the only and doesn't look like any actor I know. No, um, the only reason <laughs> I kind of got the Klingon thing is because if you look really closely at his uniform, he's got a Klingon insignia on there. Oh my god! But you know, you need yeah. a magnifying glass to see that. Right, right, okay. So I won't be running out to get that. Uh, no, definitely not. Okay, also making its debut at Star Trek Comic-Con. They must have a special booth set up that says, what the fuck? Um, Hallmark has debuted their ornaments for this oh, year. Oh, let's see. Okay, I'm scrolling up to look at it now. Okay. <laughs> uh, the first one is Sulu. The second one... Why you would want this on your Christmas tree in your home near you is Spock mind-melding with the Horda. Oh, this is almost as bad as the uh, Crazy Pike in the wheelchair one. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yes. I mean, okay. Okay. So this is not as bad. I was thinking this was the worst ornament. But yeah, Crazy Pug in the Wheelchair is absolutely <laughs> the most tasteless Christmas ornament ever. ever. Wow. That's that's pretty weird. I got to say, the Sula one is um, kind of cool, except that the thing that you use to hang him comes right out of the top of his head. It's terrible. <laughs> <I know. laughs> And also, he's trying to use his communicator at the same time as his tricorder, which kind of makes him look like he doesn't know what's going it's on. It's true. I, you know, they could have put that ornament hangy thing, like, off of his back or something, but right out of the top of his yes. head, it's not good. Just not yeah. Good. And then the third one is um, the USS Vengeance. Oh, yes, from the new movie. From the from the new movie. No one wants but, that. Uh, no one wants that. But <laughs> this part of one just... I don't know. It made me shake my head. Yeah. That's, yeah. Okay. Okay, this last one. I don't know what it is. I don't know where it came from. It showed up on the William Shatner uh, Facebook group uh -huh. with no explanation. Just this picture of something that doesn't look like Captain Kirk or any of my actor friends sitting in his chair in the captain's chair between two bottles of coke and one of them says share a coke with Tiberius and one says share a coke with Kirk <laughs> oh I bet those people at coke never thought that their campaign would get used for this it's just, I, what? I mean, why? Why This makes no sense. I mean, I was thinking, well, maybe, you know, the back of Kirk's chair is a bottle opener, but they're twist-offs. <laughs> well, you know about <laughs> this, this thing that, that they're doing with Coke, right? 
No, oh, tell me. Okay, so all around the world, Coke is doing a thing where you can get bottles of Coke with your name on it because they want you to buy more Coke, obviously. But the mm-hmm. you know it's the share a Coke with. So if it said you know share a oh. Coke with Kitty, then you could get these and you could share them with your friends. So somebody okay. somewhere got one that said Tiberius and one that said Kirk on it and decided to put them. But you're right. This looks nothing like Kirk <laughs> in any I've universe. I've never seen that figure before. I haven't either. His chair is like clear or something. It looks like it has yeah. buttons that light up on it too. Yeah. Nope. Doesn't look like Kirk. Yeah. This is a fail. Total fail. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so that is the what the fuck. Track crap segment. That's crazy. Speaking of now, before we get to the what yes, the fuck art stuff, um, I yes. just wanted to mention that when I was um, putting the last show together, I actually sought out the audio that went with um, the record that we had discussed that was for sale on Etsy. It was part oh, of our yeah, Etsy segment, yeah. and I listened to it. I listened all the way through to see what it sounded like, and. It is possibly one of the worst things I have ever heard. The, <laughs> and I put the link in if people wanted to do it. So someone recorded the audio and they put it up on YouTube with just some static images mm-hmm. behind it. And um, it's pretty short. I think it's probably 20 minutes altogether. Ten, and it's uh-huh. in two parts. But I encourage everybody who has the time to go and listen to it because it's awful. The guy who's doing Captain Kirk just sounds bored. Like, you know, he he really just couldn't be bothered and none of the other people sound anything like they're supposed to. And you can tell that there are actors doing multiple roles because the voices sound exactly the same. It's, it's Mm -hmm. hilarious in its ineptitude. So I, I just, I encourage people to go listen to it. It will give you a big old laugh. Okay. Well, now we're going somewhere darker than Trek Crap. Okay. And that is what the fuck Trek Okay, I'm ready. Um, Almost all of this came from, again, the Shatner Facebook group, which I enjoy a lot. But lately, a lot of people are posting art. I think someone is is scanning in art from their zine collections, Mm -hmm. but so far I haven't seen anything I've seen before. And they are crediting the artist. Um, But, and... With the exception of the very last one we're going to get to, I saved the best for last, um, these are not really among the worst fan art I've ever seen. Okay. They're they're just puzzling. Okay. So let's take a look at the first one. Okay. Okay. This is a picture. um, This is a picture taken from the magazine spread where they had a barbecue yep. out in the parking lot. That's right. You can see and, um, he's holding a plastic fork in his hand. Right. And so there's Leonard, all made up as Spock and everything, but he's eating his lunch and he's got his mouth full. And so he's smiling at the camera in this weird way because his mouth is full, mm-hmm. which makes it a not flattering picture anyway. But they have rouged his cheeks yeah. in the picture. And then they put it on a background of gray with little sparkly stars, you know, like David Jones used to get in his eyes. Mm -hmm. And written across it, adorable. (laughs) And on either side of adorable is a blue cloud with antenna smiling at us and a pink cloud with antenna smiling at us. And, And the word adorable looks like it's written in yarn. You're right. I was trying to think how to describe that. You are absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. The only th- the only plus, like, or you know, point or pat on the head I can give this artwork is they did not misspell adorable. That's right. That is true. <laughs> so this just kind of squicks me yeah yeah i wouldn't use adorable as the word to describe leonard nimoy in that picture (laughs) and what is the significance of the little cloud thing i don't know i don't know they must mean something to somebody somewhere but not to you and i yeah well i didn't get the coke connection so you know it could be anything um, this next one, again, was, was posted to the group, but the, the image itself came from Tumblr, and it's called Chances and Conclusions. So I'm thinking it's an illustration to a fanfic. It must be. 
And I was thinking originally that it was Mirror Universe because the Spock thing has a beard, but God only knows what it is, is this is a takeoff of a very famous painting. Um, Am I correct in this? Yes. Okay. And it, and it's Kirk wearing a renaissance thing with a renaissance hat, um, making this sort of pissed off face. I, I or, know what picture not, this is taken from. Okay, tell me. This is, his his face is photoshopped from the picture of him standing in the pile of tribbles, holding one up and looking at it. You are absolutely right. So, he, But in this, okay, go ahead. Well, he looks annoyed because um, yes, he had those fucking tribbles dropped on him, you know, like 17 times or whatever. So Shatner was really in a bad mood at that point and had this very <laughs> sour look on his face. And that's what he has yes. in this picture. Um, but this Shatner has his hand on a bust of Mirror Universe Spock. Yeah. Who sort of, the bust part is sort of in a Roman sort of thing. And in the background, you can see there are books stacked up. And uh, so <laughs> Kirk is... is, is sort of soured on Spock because he reminds him of tons of tribbles or he's contemplating the bust of Spock. I love the fact that they also photoshopped a little Star Trek insignia onto his Renaissance. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this to me desperately needs a thought bubble. It does. And I don't know what it would be, but it desperately needs a thought bubble. Is this supposed to be Emperor Tiberius, you know, who many people think, you know, became the emperor in the mirror universe, uh, looking at the bust of Spock, who became his foe, that possibly he had to have killed or something. I don't know what it's supposed to be. Um, I want to point out, though, one thing, and this is something I often notice when people do these sorts of of photo manips, right? When they take like an actual picture or a painting Mm -hmm. and then they do it, is that they never get the proportion right. So if if you look at the left hand from the painting, it's Mm -hmm. way bigger than Kirk's head is there. So they... (laughs) It looks really freakishly large (laughs) compared to Kirk's head. But in defense of the <clears throat> artist, I will point out that in Michelangelo's very famous um, Pieta, mm-hmm. where Mary is cradling mm-hmm. Jesus, mm-hmm. her hands are huge. Mm-hmm. And I remember in an art appreciation class being told what statement that made, and I can't remember what it was. Yeah. But Well, he, anyway. he did that on purpose because he was Michelangelo. Yes. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't saying he got it wrong or took a hand off another statue and glued it on, which was their version of photoshopping. You know, use a little cement around the edges so nobody would see it and decorated it like it was a bracelet. Right. Oh man, this is just this is just odd. And as usual, Bill in a hat does not look good. I'm thinking that. Okay. Moving along. Moving on. Okay, this one. <laughs> I don't know. Is this a, a, a segment of the Twilight Zone? You know what this looks like to me? It Okay, so it looks it like a segment me. of the Twilight Zone. It looks like the covers of those books that they used to publish in the 60s and 70s that were like gay romance novels. That, that, you know, they couldn't say gay on them. They had to be, right. you know, kind of understated, like, like, um, walk on the wild side or something like that. Yes. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's very strange. Spock is standing in this sort of droopy, <laughs> I'm an outcast nerd, but I think you're hot way. And Kirk is looking like, don't get near me, you outcast nerd. I hate you. He does. And his biceps are like abnormally large, and he's standing in this very <laughs> like, strange position. He's very Tom of Finland looking in this particular. Thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like I said, these are all sort of what the fuck. I don't know what they're supposed to be. I don't know, and it doesn't look particularly like Shatner either. I- no, it looks, I think, a little more like Chris Pine. It does look like Chris Pine. It also looks a little bit like um, 
Oh, gosh. Now I can't think of the actor's name. He was in Wild Wild West. Uh, Robert Conrad. Mm, a little I'm bit. I'm sure I see that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's see. <laughs> What's coming up now? Oh, my God. All right. I'm going to look at it now. <laughs> oh. Whoa. <laughs> That's a little This scary. came up under the heading... Does your dog look like a celebrity? <laughs> this is a picture of some poor, poor abused animal who should be taken away from this person. Um, he's a dog, and his ears are standing up straight, and they've either put a little wig on him or, or combed his hair or something into Spock bangs and drawn Spock eyebrows on him and made him wear a blue uniform. Uh-huh. And this dog could not look more pissed off. He looks just terrible. He looks like he's having the worst day of his little doggy life. It's so bad. I know. Why are you doing this to me? And usually when you're doing stupid things to dogs, you know, if you're the owner, um, they're puzzled by you. Mm -hmm. This dog is on to the fact that his owner is an asshole. (laughs) It's like, really? Really? <laughs> You're going to do this to me? Yeah, that's exactly what he looks like. Oh, man. Oh. That's just awful. What a thing to it do. Is, Poor dog. I, it, I, yeah, I won't even let Jack look at that. That's too horrible. <laughs> okay. Next. What is next? Okay. <laughs> Okay, the next one is the strangest thing you're going to see. Whoa, blow my mind, man. <laughs> they have taken the left half, a drawing, a left half of Kirk's face and right half of Spock's face and put them together. And it came out looking like Benjamin Cumberbatch. <laughs> it did. It actually did. Wow, it's really weird. So I'm putting my hand over it. The right hand of Spock's face actually looks pretty much like Spock, but the yeah, it looks like Nimoy. It looks like Nimoy, but the left half doesn't look anything like Shatner. No, because they have had to. Nimoy has a long face, and Bill does not have a long yeah. face, so they've elongated Bill's face to make it fit. Yeah, it's and, not right. Uh. And the hairdo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it, you know, the left half really looks like Benedict Cumberbund. If, if you put your hand yes. over the Spock part, it does. It looks just yep, like him. Wow. It does. Um, and I'm thinking that the owner of the dog showed this picture to the dog saying, this is next if you don't cooperate. <laughs> wow. And that's how I got the dog to sit still. Really? Okay. That's... Is, is that frightening? That's and then um, the last photo. I am tagging Bill's reaction to the trek art. You'll want to take a look at this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Bill! It's a beautiful picture. It is a picture. What is this from? Do you know? I do not know. This is the thing. So many times they post these pictures, and in a lot of cases, I can guess what they're from because of you know we've seen a lot. And this, I'm going, I don't know. But, you know, he's got his his hand resting on his forehead or his forehead mm-hmm. resting on his hand like, oh, my God, has it come to this? Really? So um, it's a black and white photograph. It looks like it's probably screen capped mm-hmm. from something. And he looks like he's yes. wearing a uniform of some sort. It looks kind That's of, what yeah. I was thinking. Um, but he looks great. He looks really handsome. He looks beautiful. Look at those lashes. Yeah. Look at how long they are. I know. I know. So um, so that pretty much concludes our what the fuck segment. Wow. Those were just crazy. Um, I don't, I don't <laughs> think we talked about Bill and his space car, did we? No. Let's go back to that. We'll have Marjorie come in. Marjorie, <laughs> can, you, um, can you join us for a moment? We need to talk about Jimmy. Oh, okay. Oh, yes, gosh. You're looking at these pictures Jimmy sent me of him in his space car. And um, I tell you, 
I cannot feel, he must have borrowed it or something because I don't think he can afford a, a, a flashy car like this, you know. I mean, he's got a lot of perks as a, as a, a, a captain of the Starfleet, but I don't think they give you cars, and I'm sure the salary isn't that high, but, you know. Jimmy always liked things that went fast, and so there he is looking real happy in his space car. Um, do you think he's going to bring this space car home next time he comes home to visit? Well, I wouldn't be surprised if he thought about it. You know, I don't, you know, it, transporting things, like I tried to send him a sweater I wanted. And, you know, if if they can't turn it into a space message and just beam it over there, it costs a fortune to send an actual thing to someone in the outer space. So I can't imagine, you know, they're going to say, yeah, sure, Jimmy, put your space car here, you know, on the, the transport, whatever, and... Uh, and uh, we'll just, you know, drop you right off at your mom's house and put you down in the driveway. I just don't think that's going to happen. Oh. It, it, it is looking like a, a cool car, though. It has a, it's a convertible, and he seems pretty happy with that. Yes, yes. It, it does look like a very, very flashy car, you know. I don't know what kind of mileage it would get because, you know, that's usually not the big concern when they're, you know, just going all out on shiny and, and sleek, you know. But that's that's what boys like. That's true. You know, they really, they got to get to be about, I don't know, 60, 65 before they start getting practical about things like mileage. <laughs> Did you teach Jimmy to drive when he was growing up, or did somebody else teach him? Well, I tried to teach him. He didn't want to start out on the tractor, though, which I thought would have been the the best way to approach it. And, you know, then I found out he'd, he'd you know, been driving for a couple of years. You know, he, he and his little friends, they would... You know, somebody's dad taught them, and then they'd teach the other one. And, you know, they couldn't really go out on the main roads or nothing, you know, because they might get caught. But um, I tell you, maybe I shouldn't shouldn't say this, but, you know, I'm his mom, and I know these things. He still cannot parallel park. <laughs> and it's a good thing. And he- I, I am so good at that. I could have really... You know, people are so impressed. I mean, they see me pulling in. They go, Marjorie, you just you just parallel parked like a dream, like you were born to it. Well, it's a good thing that he has a helmsman to do it for him on the Enterprise then. That's true. That's true. That's very true. I don't know. Um, you know, it seems to me that the outer space is pretty big, so they probably don't run into those problems, you know, of where are we going to park and can we fit into this space? But, um, you know, you put him in something like this, well, you just got to have wide open spaces if he's going to park the car because it, it's, it's kind of embarrassing, really. Well, thanks for letting us know um, about the picture. And um, if Jimmy does come to visit you in the car, take some pictures of that and, and send it along to us because it would be fun oh, to see. Oh, yeah, yeah, I will. I, I, will I will have him take me for a spin. Because that would, that would be fun. We could put the top down and, you know, I'd wear a scarf so my hair wouldn't get messed up. But we could drive around town and that would be lots of fun. So, so yeah, um, you know, if he comes around with that car, I'll have him take me for, for a little spin. But like I said, I think, you know, this was just something he had his picture taken with or he borrowed it from a friend. I just, you know. He probably he doesn't have that kind of money. No, he probably borrowed it from Gary Mitchell. That looks like Mitchell's type of car. Oh yeah, I remember that Gary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, Marjorie. It's always good to talk with you. Oh, I love coming by to visit you, and I, you know, I I will come by any time I have some something interesting because I know you just love to hear about my Jimmy. We do. We love him. Okay, bye, Marjorie. Bye, girls. Bye-bye. Take care. Be safe. Oh, that was good. Uh, Yeah, that was so nice that Marjorie could drop by. Yeah, it's always fun when she comes by. Yep. (laughs) Well, I think that's going to wrap us up for today, right? Uh, Yeah, I think so. It it sounds good. Um, 
So as always, we'll have more stuff next time, all the things that we still haven't gotten to, because I'm sure there were a few left over from this time around. Um, yes. And we love getting things from you. We love getting email and Twitters and just uh, comments on the blog. So whatever you have, come and let us know. And please visit our Facebook page as well. And you are definitely going to want to listen to this show with while you know viewing the blog so you can click the links and look mm-hmm. at all this stuff yes because th- this was definitely a video heavy segment it was and our descriptions will not do these things justice you really <laughs> really have to see them in person the, yeah. yeah you gotta look at them but oh that poor dog oh the dog <laughs> and the half face thing that was just creepy yeah oh man yeah. Well, thanks for finding all that stuff. It was good to do a new hey, segment. Hey, my pleasure. Yeah, um, and maybe next time we'll, we'll have another Etsy segment. I'll have to start looking around to see what I can find. Okay. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.